Hi, and welcome back to Marketing Schmarketing, the official podcast of AMA Las Vegas, where we talk about current events in marketing and help you become a better marketer. I am Shahab Zagari. I'm a local filmmaker and uh, also on the board of AMA and with my co-host, Karen. Hey, everyone. I'm Karen Michaels, the Social Butterfly Group and local Las Vegas singer and pianist and on the hospitality team for AMA Las Vegas. And with us today, we have Lisa Davis. She is the executive director of graduate student services at the UNLV Business School. Hey, Lisa. Hi, how you doing? And I am a proud member of AMA as well. That is true. Proud member, proud sponsor. Uh, what we're going to do now is we're going to go around and we're going to talk about our favorite wins of the week. Uh, so I... You know, my win this week isn't necessarily marketing related. Sorry, everybody. But uh, speaking of UNLV, we just had a creative collaborations open house at the College of Fine Arts, and it was amazing. You know, normally when everyone thinks about research, they think STEM, 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 and the arts uh, take a back seat, or they don't think about it, or they don't think the arts have research. Uh, you know, just because our lab isn't a lab or it's not quantifiable like math or engineering. Um, and we were out to not necessarily prove people wrong, but to show people what research in the arts are. It was a really successful event. And I really think people who uh, attended and, and walked away, they now had an understanding of what research means when it comes to the arts. But not only that, how the arts can collaborate with the STEM fields to augment their research. Uh, so that was my win of the week. Uh, Lisa, what about you? Today, I had a chance to go to our UNLV Lead Business, UNLV Lead Business School, CBER event, the Economic Outlook. They do this twice a year. And it was a great event, finding out a little bit more about the local economy, what's happening in the bigger picture, listening to some economists actually talk about whether or not there's going to be a recession, a lot of economic stuff. But what I thought was uh, something that came out of this this morning was uh, a Quigley that tagged a line that I hadn't heard before, but I love it. Greater Las Vegas area, like we have the greater Phoenix area, mm -hmm. the greater Detroit area. Right. I hadn't heard anybody previously talk about the greater Las Vegas area to develop the Las Vegas, the greater Las oh. Vegas area. So a new concept that I took away this morning. It was a great event. And I learned quite a bit about some of the opportunities we have here to diversify our economy. What type of sustainability initiatives or type of companies that are coming in to kind of move clean energy forward. So that was my win. That's very cool. And so was it very, uh, and, and since it happens often, is it always very regional? So it's always about Las Vegas? They talk a little bit about the bigger economy, but focusing a lot more on Las Vegas. I sure. talked a lot about the last recessions, how mm. Vegas, Las Vegas was hit first, 
uh, and harder than a lot of the other communities, but we usually pull out of the recession a little bit earlier than others. So it's great insight. They do this every six months and it's great to kind of see how that changes. And especially now after the pandemic, how our economy is recovering. That's very cool. And is this something anyone can go to or do you have to have a specific thing or buy a ticket? You have to buy a ticket, but it's open. I think the next one is April and I attend. It's just great information. They had a great panel on uh, lithium batteries, uh, the hydrogen hub. Uh, so some new innovative technologies that are happening here. That's crazy cool. And Karen, what about you? What, what about your win of the week? My win of the week is I am participating in Napod Pomo, which is the National Broadcast Broadcast um, Broadcasting Month. Nice. And I have actually recorded 12 podcasts for my podcast this month. Wow. So, so Twitter What happened? Like what so we know Elon well, bought it yes, and then yes. he made some snarky comments and then advertisers left but what is the current what's what's happening now well and i have so many thoughts on that i mean i hope they left or paused because they were unclear about the future but not because uh, you know i hope that it was a business decision and not a personal decision that's what i'm gonna say that being said it seems like well it's not seems like he has what I just read on my phone while I was waiting for all this to restart was that it looks like 80% of the workforce is going to be locked out by Monday. Locked and out so, like fired or? Yeah, like they won't work there anymore because the hardcore email was about not allowing remote work because if you, I don't know if you know, but Tesla and SpaceX are not neither of those companies have any remote workers. That's not how Elon functions. His businesses function with all hands on deck. And so, and he's gone into Twitter and done the same. It's just obviously, <laughs> it, it's, it's a little bit of a bull in a China shop in a nice way. I mean, that's um, crazy to, to be a tech company and say, nobody is allowed to work remotely. I mean, that's well, right. I mean, some of the companies that employ some of these brilliant engineers, they don't even have Twitter offices. So by nature of the exact work setup that they set up, they being Twitter, it's not a possibility, you know? And if they lose 80% um, of the workforce, there goes Twitter. So Lisa, I mean, you're, you're from the business school. What are you, <laughs> what right. are your thoughts on that? Yeah. I'm still dumbfounded with 80% of the workforce that was remote that's being required to go back to offices that don't even exist. It's wild. Yes, it is. It, it's, I mean, not all, not all of them were in that position, but it, it's, you know, and obviously like some of this stuff that I'm reading, I'm reading it on Twitter. It, it's happening. Like the, the last post that I read was a verified journalist, if you will. And it was 30 minutes ago. So it's really interesting from the perspective of watching this happen. You know, I've built, I have a nice little group of humans that I learn from and love over there. And you see what I post and who mm -hmm. I'm chatting with, Shab. And I mean, I, I, I like Twitter. It's where I, I complain, too. it's where I get stuff <laughs> off my chest. 
but That's branding right. as well, you know, so it's going to be, yeah. Just, do, do either of you or both of you remember when MySpace died? <laughs> I do. The, yes. All those years of photos and contacts just gone, poof. And it I feels know. like it's happening with Twitter now. Well, and I, and as a matter of fact, I spoke in my <laughs> one or two podcasts ago about the fact that everyone should be downloading your data. Please, for the love of God, go and download your data from all the platforms that you're on. Oh, I didn't know it you could do that so, on Twitter. Uh, oh, gosh, yes. I have, an, and I'll share those links that I shared on mine Perfect. in here so that you can download your data. You can download comments and, and other people's, you know, at least you'll have what, you know, their profiles, mm-hmm. you know, you won't have their email addresses because as we all know, we do not own those platforms. Right. And that's why it's so important to have a newsletter, right? But, but newsletter yeah, it's, and it's website, key. you know, that is, you know, if it's your own website, that that's right will not just disappear just because right. you know so wow that's that's really crazy who 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 had that on their 2022 bingo card i did not <laughs> i didn't, didn't either, either. <laughs> <laughs> so funny oh so um, prayers for the tweets yeah so <laughs> let's let's move on because that i mean we mm-hmm. could really talk about that um all day all day long. Um, yep. So there was uh, an article this morning in the Entrepreneur, and its title is Six Marketing Pitfalls That Can Haunt Your Company. So what I kind of want to do is go through it one by one, and then let me know if you agree or disagree, or, you know, is this, is this, was this a clickbait article or was it really actually um, helpful? So this article, uh, dropped on November 17th. And here are the pitfalls to avoid. Number one, immature lead nurturing. So for example, if selling a high-end sports car, your message should be tailored to those who love luxury and speed. If a product is more affordable, but still high quality, then you might want to focus on selling the affordability aspect rather than the, you know, quality. Um, What do you feel? Do Do you think that's a good point do you think they have a good point there hmm. i mean it almost sounds like it's more you know find the correct messaging rather than leads lead generation yes yes messaging was, as opposed to leads right? i was thinking you, of knowing your audience that mm-hmm. seems to be knowing mm-hmm. who you're targeting you're mm-hmm. marketing to Right. Cause then, cause if you don't, then your messaging will not resonate. You know, what you're hoping to do is, you know, finding your perfect target market, speak to them directly. And then if you, you know, if that spills off into people who aren't your target market, but they buy anyway, mm-hmm. wonderful, wonderful. Right. So number two, lack of analytics. I think that's an important one. I, you know, there's a lot of, let's, you know, the, Again, that's very broad. So let's kind of look at social media marketing, right? Sometimes you have one social media marketer or you don't have enough money to outsource it to a company like Karen's or in an agency. Um, Mm -hmm. And so all you're doing is you're reacting to comments, you're posting your sales, you're posting your blog posts, 
but you don't have the bandwidth to actually look at the analytics, who's clicking, what types of posts are doing better than others and that kind of thing. So I think that's a good one. What do you think? I think data is always helpful, right? I mean, I'm, I'm a non-spreadsheet person, but I lean into the creativity <laughs> part, but without the data of knowing what your audience is enjoying, you know, because we can like something, we can like to do something, but if our audience likes something else from us, then we have to be aware of that and then feed them that. I agree. I think data drives decisions, drives decision-making oh. without that data. You may not make the right decisions for what you're trying to do. Mm -hmm. Definitely. So number three, inconsistent brand messaging. I almost feel like this author, I mean, that was kind of number one, right? Um, mm -hmm. So yes, definitely know your audience and then craft that messaging for your target market. Um, number four, not enough compelling content. Ooh, does that, does that mean oh. all you're doing is tweeting 40% off, 40% off, 40, and then you're not really, no one cares, <laughs> right? After they, or they tune you out or unfollow. Oh, that's hard. Like, how do you be um, innovative with content? Well, I think it's quality over quantity every day, mm. especially now, the whole the game of 10 posts in a day. I mean, sure, if you have a campaign happening, maybe that's okay. But, but really, if you have a really high level graphic or video with really strong copy about your subject matter, you will draw people in and then you can have engagement with them because that's truly the most important thing, even more important than the posting. I agree 100% on that. Yeah, quality post, over quantity yeah post, Yay, post consistency is not not the flavor <laughs> nope. um, number five selling instead of solving i subscribe to Ooh. that mm -hmm. how can i help you should be first and foremost absolutely i agree and then number six, the marketing department is siloed. Ooh, that usually at the larger companies happens all the time, right? Where I remember I was VP of marketing at a tech company. They will remain nameless. Don't want to say that in case they're listening. <clears throat> but uh, the sales department was doing their own thing that was not aligned with what we were telling, I mean, essentially what the campaign messaging was, they were doing something completely different and you, you shouldn't do that. Sales needs to be in line with marketing and marketing needs to know what sales is pitching or what they're, you know, the types of, like, how are you um, overcoming objections? Okay, well, don't say that anymore. You know what I mean? It, it goes against mm -hmm. what our billboard says, goes against what our social media campaign mm -hmm. is. I've, I've seen it a lot. I think we've all seen it. And look what we, I could even just go back to Twitter. I mean, from what it was supposed to be a sharing of, you know, a quick sharing of ideas into kind of this mess that it, that it's in now. I mean, and often the marketing departments are left out of the conversations when mm -hmm. they are probably the ones that should be there. The first invite. Well, not only that, not only left out, but um, 
again, we were talking earlier about recession and all of these things. Mm. When budgets get tight, the first thing to go oh. is marketing. And I remember when I first moved to Las Vegas, it was 2008. The economy <laughs> was in the, you know, <clears throat> and that literally people that, okay, well, we can't afford that. So cut the marketing, we'll get back to it. And so what I would tell people at that time, because uh, at the time I uh, owned an agency with my brother, I would tell the clients and prospects, listen, if you have this idea during a recession, everyone else has this idea. So what would happen if you didn't stop the marketing? All of your competitors are stopping it because it's a recession or it's an inflation or you don't have the, but brilliant. now that your competition at your level has stopped marketing, now your posts, now your campaigns are right there along with the national brands, the Coca-Colas, the rights. And I remember 2008, 2009, you could get, you know, on a local Las Vegas station, right? So there's the national commercials and there's the regional ones, right? So you could have a, a commercial on the Tour de France, which is a global event, and it was, it was hundreds of dollars, like, you, you know, because wow. they were trying to sell, you know, they were trying to move that product. No one was, everyone had cut marketing budgets. And so you could literally, it could be, you know, Gatorade, and then it would be your local commercial <laughs> right alongside <laughs> that. Instead of thousands of dollars, you spent hundreds, right? So anyway, I forgot where I was going with that, but I, I think it was in agreement with what you're saying, you know, like that, that is the first thing to go marketing and uh, don't do it. I think marketing has the biggest impact too. If you're doing all these great things, but you're not talking about it and that's mm. where the marketing is. You want to share. Knows. Yeah. Marketing sometimes reminds me of the music business because everyone thinks they can do it. <laughs> everyone, th everyone thinks they're a singer. Everyone thinks <laughs> <laughs> They're a marketer, and I—that's <laughs> a—that's a pokey one, but it is like that, right? Like, oh, it's okay, I can just do it myself. Oof. Is what I hear, and then, and then they realize, you know, writing copy and creating graphics and editing video, and then you have to still do the actual action of, and then you'd be a placement. Yes, where are you putting this, and what platforms are you using, and who are you, and are you running ads? you know, whether through Meta or, you know, Google or whoever, and then who's running those ads for you. I mean, it's, it's quite an undertaking. And um, that's where I think that's where small businesses and solopreneurs and, and th that's where they go wrong, you know, because they don't, they don't even know what they don't know. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. That's the hardest thing. So that, that is actually a, a little bit of a perfect segue into our last little hot topic here. Um, Adweek currently has a new study on their website. Um, it's SQL's 2022 direct mail industry benchmark study. Here are the key findings. Are you ready? Ready. Um, so direct mail uh, spend is rising right now. This is what they found. Uh, the key findings are direct mail uh, has consistently been giving marketers the highest ROI of everything they're doing. That is just crazy to me. That's one. Another key finding in the um, study was that in comparison, digital is more costly. 
you know, trying to acquire customers through digital channels, uh, it's just, you know, and again, and that might also be a direct cause or effect of, mm -hmm. you know, the return on investment. Um, but the third finding was that integration is key. So they're not, it's not just direct mail, just for direct mail. Um, they're creating campaigns to drive traffic from direct mail to the digital channels. Um, mm. and I think that's brilliant, or not brilliant, but amazing because, mm -hmm. I mean, even two years ago, three years ago, five people were like, direct mail's dead, books are gonna disappear, it's all digital, right? That's 2022 and people are getting more results on direct mail. I don't know, what do you think? Karen, are you, do you do any direct mail? Are you strictly digital? Like for your clients, I don't mean for your business. Yeah, yeah, right, right. Um, well, so I do work for a nonprofit and we have a combination. We have a very specific uh, digital marketing plan and that includes email, of course, and all the social posting that I do and all of that. And then we have, we call it layered marketing. I'm sure that's not a unique term. And we send out large postcards for all of our major events. And so, and you know, we're, and they're Wonderful. like, they're beautiful, very colorful, high end graphic type of things. And so, but I have to say that that is that out of the 10 clients that I basically work for on a regular monthly basis, only one does hmm. direct mail. Interesting. Mm -hmm. Lisa, what are your thoughts on direct mail? <clears throat> Well, I think it's kind of funny that you mentioned that because I think it was about a week and a half ago, I was cleaning out some information of some marketing that we've done previously. And I found one of our direct mail pieces. Oh. We haven't done direct mail for probably 10 years. And I'm looking at this triangle Ooh. brochure and I thought, I think this is a good time to get a piece of mail out to people and let people know we're here. Mm -hmm. I know for me, I still enjoy reading a book. I don't have a Kindle. I like turning the pages. So for me, when I get something in the mail, I'm the same way. Yeah, I like it. So I, it's funny that you mentioned that because I just pulled that out maybe two weeks ago. It's sitting on my desk to uh, work funny. with our marketing folks to recreate something. Wow. That is so That's funny. Because it's That's tactile, you can touch it, yeah. you know, you're, you're going through it. Yeah, we do the same thing at uh, UNLV uh, College of Fine Arts for the Art Walk. We mm. always mail out an invitation, even though it's a free event, mm. like we're not even selling tickets. In fact, there's probably on that one, there's probably very little monetary ROI, but you know, when they get this invite and they, it's got these cutouts and they're, you know, it's almost like a puzzle and they're doing this thing, it excites them. And then they want to come to this thing, mm -hmm. you know, and then, because ROI isn't just the money side of it. It's I was just going to say that. Yeah. I do volunteer work with Super Summer Theater and we send out a postcard. Oh, and I yeah. love it because that postcard before the season and through yes. the season is on my fridge with a magnet. And mm -hmm. I know it's there. I love that postcard. I love getting in the mail because I'm like, oh, great. The season's starting. And I start yeah. planning and I get excited just with that little piece of paper. I didn't know that about you. That is so cool. Yeah, I love it. I that. really like that. <laughs> Thank you for helping all my friends. That was amazing. <laughs> that's <such> a, <laughs> literally, that's so awesome to, to hear that because yes, they're 
their direct mail is very beautiful. It is. And I believe, I believe the Smith Center does some direct mail as well. I get theirs as well. <clears throat> mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And maybe that's the key. I think that not only is this really good timing for direct mail because everyone is a little, maybe they're a little digitally exhausted, if you will, mm -hmm. but it is nice. And after two years of not being tactile in every way, shape or form, perhaps having that, oh, that beautiful piece of paper, that colorful brochure to catch our eye and to feel it and to touch it in our hands. Maybe this is exactly the right time to employ direct mail. And I think like you mentioned before, quality over quantity, having a nice Every piece time. that people will put on the refrigerator or they'll keep is a good one. I awesome. love that. I have Wonderful. to say though, I love my Kindle because I can bring 50 <laughs> books with me. <laughs> oh, that is true. Although oh, I, you know, and I'm, I'm one who I'm kind of a slower reader. So if I had 50 books, would I have, would I even read them all? You know, I don't know, maybe not, <laughs> but um, that's so fun. So uh, I do want to thank Lisa for yes. bringing the business school on as a sponsor to AMA uh, year after year. You are amazing. We couldn't do nearly half the things that we do without that. Um, hopefully it gets the business school, the ROI that it deserves and the brand <laughs> recognition. Um, but aside from that, thank you for coming on as a guest on this podcast, yes. despite not being a marketer, which didn't matter. And, that, and that's what I love about this <laughs> podcast. It's marketing schmarketing. We don't, we don't take ourselves seriously. Uh, we just talk about current events and that kind of thing. But Remember I, friends, we always put all of the links to things in our show notes and we have a new, in fact, we moved our podcast to a new host. Um, over on Buzzsprout. So you can find us over there and um, we'll be putting it out on our socials and all kinds of things. So please follow us and please be sure to, to look through the show notes and click through all the links we have for you. Definitely. So thanks again, Lisa. Oh, thanks for having me. Enjoyed Bye. seeing you all. Thank you. Bye. 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 Bye.